0: of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Hey,
2: what's going on everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker with you here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, joining us on a Wednesday. Um, kind of a quiet night. I mean, we do have the Utah Jazz tonight uh, versus the Los Angeles Clippers bench. I mean, a lot of starters for the Clippers announced for uh, as out were questionable, but uh, hopefully this means it's a good opportunity for the Jazz to get back on track. We'll see if that happens or not. Uh, but we'll have it here on The Fan. Pre-game starting at about 6.50, tip-off at 7. And uh, full play-by-play coverage with uh, David Locke here with us. Uh, But it's Wednesday, and that means it's a Would You Rather Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. Uh, Full Court Press text line is always open if you want to throw in a Would You Rather or or, uh, answer uh, with those Would You Rather questions that we may throw out. Uh, And uh, continuing to look at... A couple of different things that are going on. There's a Mountain West game happening today in Salt Lake City, uh, but it's, uh, it's it's Wyoming, actually, playing at Salt Lake Community College. Kind of an odd venue, but they're playing Santa Clara. So a team that the Aggies have faced versus a team that they will face in the future. Uh, game went into overtime, and I, I'm not sure if it's gone final yet or not. I was keeping an eye on that a little bit before we started the show. Uh, But uh, some other details, too, about uh, World Cup, as it looks like we're finally down to our final 16 for the World Cup um, as uh, that uh, continues on. So a variety of different topics certainly uh, available to you. A little bit uh, later on in the show, we'll be speaking with John Judkins. Now, he is um, the uh, head coach for the Utah Tech Trailblazers, but he's also a former Aggie. And so uh, we'll get his uh, thoughts about facing his alma mater and uh, some uh, some of his memories of uh, playing for the Aggies. But um, anyway, we're going to be touching base with him next hour, uh, so stay tuned for that. That should be fun uh, hearing from him and uh, what it's like for that that program making a transition and a more competitive type of uh, schedule that they're having to face. So they'll be in the spectrum tomorrow. uh, But uh, a good preview from their point of view coming up uh, next hour. So stay tuned for that.
3: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting.
2: Having your microphone on is, it's also
3: interesting. Having the right mic on. Having the right microphone. Is it right right now? Yeah, I've got you correct. It's not the one that's, should I just use both mics now? (laughs) That's my bad. <laughs> uh, come on, it's a rookie mistake. That's the mistake I would make, and probably have made. Um, yeah, it's it, it'll be an interesting interview. Um, just you know, guy who's obviously former Aggie, and uh, I don't think he's coached against the Aggies. Um, I believe this is the first meeting between Utah State and Dixie State, at least according to the Utah Tech notes. Uh, I think I'm mixing up the names already. Still. <laughs> I think one of the questions I will be asking Coach Judkins is, how many times have you mixed them up? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been coaching at Utah Tech or slash Dixie State for like 20 years almost. And he's become uh, the winningest head coach in Utah College of Basketball history. Which is certainly something to be proud of. Mm. Obviously not, not many people will pay attention to it because most of those 500 plus wins are Division II or below.
2: Yes, lower-level teams that most of us could not name if we were really pressed. <laughs> uh, but um, still kind of an interesting transition happening there as uh, they're in the, uh, the WAC, uh, Division One basketball. Uh, they've actually had some interesting games so far. Uh, and I know, Jason, you're doing a little bit of research on them in your prep, uh, but um, it, we can get a little bit more into them uh, tomorrow, but we'll get a taste of that today. Uh, next hour as well um but what are the would you rather questions that i wanted to lead with um we've got the world cup going on we've got the utah jazz going on so would you rather that team usa makes it to the world cup semifinals or the utah jazz make it to the nba semifinals which would essentially be the Western Conference Finals.
3: I'd say USA because Jazz have made it to the Western Conference Finals before, and USA I, they might have made it to the semifinal once. I can't remember; it's the quarterfinal. They've made it at least once, and they might have made a semifinal. So this is like, and if they did make the semifinal, I think it was like a hundred years ago. So. <laughs> We are talking, you know, rare extremely air, extremely rare air, and like for me, the the thing with the Jazz, of course, making the Western Conference Finals would generally be above my expectations. Granted, my expectations for the Jazz the last two years have been at least Western Conference Finals, and they failed to do it. For the U.S. Men's National Team, my expectation is get out of the group stage, get into the knockout stage. Once you get there, I don't care. <laughs> they lose to the Netherlands. They have reached my level of expectations I have for them. Anything they do at this point is just gravy. So getting, you know what, two rounds beyond my expectations, That's, that'd be something special. So uh, I
2: ask you, our listeners, on our full-court press text line, 435-339-0321, would you rather Team USA advance to the semifinals in the World Cup or this year's Utah Jazz team advanced to the Western Conference Finals. Effectively, it's the same thing, the semifinals. See, I would take the different approach. Just this team this year, after trading away Rudy Gobert, trading away Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, a totally new team, new coach, and if they were able to make it to the Western Conference Finals, I mean... Yeah, it, it's, I get it. It's kind of rare for the Team USA to get there in the World Cup. But maybe I'm more selfish for local reasons um, and just what that means for the, the Jazz franchise if they're able to do that with such a young team and young coaching staff. Um, so I, I would go with the Utah Jazz. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what teams made it to the semifinals last time World Cup was played the last, I don't care however many times the World Cup was played. I can't think of who was in the semifinals before. But I do know that there are some traditional soccer powers um, that are usually there. Uh, and uh, yeah, it would be cool. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not trying to totally downplay uh, World Cup. It would be cool to see Team USA make it to the semifinals but uh i'd still be going for the utah jazz just accelerated um plan for how this team's come together and what it would mean for the future of the franchise
3: yeah it it would be i'm sorry i'm trying to figure out my computer here cuz i'm trying to access all my notes for the show and my computer's freaking out so <laughs> that that's always fun um yeah it it is it's an interesting thing because it's not, you know, who would you rather have a championship, which would actually be an interesting question. Would you rather the U.S. Men's National Team win the World Cup or, you know, the Jazz win a an NBA title? And that'd be fairly close. Mm. I'd probably lean more towards the Jazz just because I've invested so much more of my fandom into that than I have the, the Men's National Team. So, and if I want soccer world championships I can just go to the women's national team <laughs> so that's true I mean it's it, it feels kind of weird and I know others have
2: talked about this today but um it, it does feel odd with an American team being a big underdog because it's that's not normally the case America usually dominates in a lot of sports In a lot of things on the world stage. But in soccer, no, they're not a powerhouse, and they're not a favorite. Um, So it is kind of a a unique feeling for America. Though, I mean, Americans love the underdog story, and so that would be huge if America were able to make it that far. But, Jason, I know you've kept a much closer eye on World Cup than I have, but um, what would that, have to look like for them
3: to get that far well they have to keep playing about as well as they have on defense they've done really well on defense where they've allowed one goal in three games and that was a penalty so they haven't allowed a goal in the run of play yet Um, and that included a game against England who are like number five or number six in the FIFA rankings it's obviously a really good team the problem is that you, the U.S. themselves aren't scoring. And this isn't group play where you can get away with two ties and a win. you got to score and win. And, you know, they're going up against the Netherlands, who aren't the toughest opponent. I don't think they're ranked ahead of England in the FIFA rankings. Then after that, I think they'd face Argentina. Winner of Argentina and Australia, I yeah. believe. So, in Argentina, they have a history of choking in the World Cup. So, as long as the u s didn't you know crumble, maybe they'd have a chance. so there's a world in which I could see the u s winning two straight games, but it's kind of like the the Avengers, like the fifteen million whatever combinations, and there's one <laughs> <laughs> so that that's kind of where it's looking like okay i can I could see it happening. But there's so many different areas where they just lose two or three to zero. Like, If their defense doesn't hold, then they're done because they just haven't shown an ability to score against teams they should have scored against. They should have scored more against uh, Iran. They should have scored more against Wales. They probably should have had one against England. And they have two goals in the entire World Cup. So the entire
2: field is not yet set, correct? Because there are still some games to be played... Uh, tomorrow and Friday to finish out uh, the rest of the
3: field. I think about
2: half the teams are decided now.
3: Yeah, I think so. I was looking at the table earlier, and some of the games are finishing up. So it'll it'll fully play out. But I think, yeah, I think on the U.S. is half of the bracket. It's mostly settled.
2: Uh, let me go back to a bracket that I did see. Uh, so it looks like, yeah, Netherlands versus USA. It'll be Saturday. Uh, and Then they'll play the winner of Argentina-Australia, which will be later in the day Saturday. That'll be about noon Saturday. Uh, but then the other side of the, the, the bracket that they're part of, a couple of games still need to be decided for that. But France and Poland have advanced. They'll face each other on Sunday. England and Senegal... Um, they also play on Sunday. But those are the eight teams that have advanced so far that I've seen, uh, waiting for the other half to be determined by games tomorrow and Friday.
3: Yeah, one of the games that uh, resolved and one of the teams got eliminated was Mexico. Bit of a rivalry with the U.S. I know my, my brother went on a mission to to Mexico, so he was his second team is Mexico. So I don't think he's very happy today. They but get eliminated after a victory today. They did. They uh, they didn't have enough points, or no? I think they ended up going down on goal differential, because they needed, I think, another goal would have got them through. Because um, I believe it was they were in a group with Argentina, Poland, and uh, Saudi Arabia, and they were playing Saudi Arabia today. And I think because Poland advanced because Mexico didn't catch them because Poland lost Argentina 2-0, 2-0 I think. today, yeah. And so I think Poland's goal differential, well, I forget what it was, but it was close to what Mexico's was. Um and I think they ended up being like one goal ahead of them. So if if Argentina had scored another goal, I think Mexico might have advanced. Maybe. I don't know all the scenarios, but it came down to goal differential which is the primary tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker uh, for these uh, group stage games. So who are the favorites uh, this well, year? France is probably going to be a big one. They're the defending champions. Um, Argentina always seems to be up there with Messi. But like I said, they, they tend to underperform. Argentina is criminally underperformed with Messi. Brazil right now is missing their top player, Neymar. Um so I mean then there's always usually the other powerhouses, the Germany, um Spain has had some moments in the yeah, past. I don't I, know where they are now. I know they they won a World Cup a couple t- uh times ago. I think they won the twenty fourteen World Cup. And I'm trying to remember if they're still as good. I know there's some teams that have fallen off a little bit. The Netherlands kinda of fell off a little bit, um, cause they had a couple players get old and retire. Um but I think it'll mainly be like, you know France, Germany, Spain, maybe Brazil, if Neymar is able to come back, he's like on the verge of coming back. So typical powerhouses, but we've seen some teams go far, underdog stories. Croatia, Belgium, they were in the final four last time around. They certainly weren't expected to go that far. Yeah. So the World Cup has underdog stories.
2: So, uh we know that Team USA they have advanced uh and they will play on uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, uh eight AM. So um, bright and early Saturday morning, watch them play the Netherlands. Uh so so that's one of my would you rather questions for the day. You know, rather see Team USA advance to the semifinals, which means they'd have to beat the Netherlands and beat uh Likely Argentina, uh, which would not be an easy task, assuming Argentina gets past Australia. um, But um, that would put them into the semifinals. That would be their path to the semifinals.
3: Yeah, which is realistic, but they have to get goals in there, which they've just not been able to do. They completely skated by, backed their way in to the round of 16. And that doesn't get you anywhere in the round of 16. It gets you bounced in the first round. Teams that back in... To the knockout stage get backed out that's how it <laughs> happens so unless they flip things around then it's going to be a short run
2: uh so one of the other would you rather questions and of course if you want to weigh in 435-339-0321 uh well actually before we get to that we have 4781 uh, a bit of a correction here spain won 2010 germany won 2014
3: oh yeah, that, yeah that's right yeah, so I think I had them backwards.
2: Okay, so it's been a little bit since Spain. Yeah, and they won, were. they're traditionally pretty pretty strong in soccer.
3: Yeah, they're strong. They tend to be, at least the 2010 team was known for its really great defense. They won a bunch of games 1-0, um, including the final. They won the final 1-0. Uh, Germany a little more high-powered on offense. Um, in that uh, 2014 run, they beat Brazil like 7-1 to or something like that. Something crazy. And uh, I think that World Cup was in Brazil, too. Uh-huh. So that wasn't a fun ride for them. Um, so, yeah, and I, don't, I don't know how, because, again, when you have these big stretches, a lot of those star players get older and they're not as good. But granted, countries like Germany, you know, they've got one of the best soccer leagues in the world. They can reload just fine. But who knows? Uh, 4781
2: uh- are... <laughs> A resident soccer aficionado. Apparently, Spain has only won the World Cup once, FYI. And yes, Germany demolished Brazil. It was great.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Not a Brazil fan, I guess. Ah, okay. Uh, I'll say this about Brazil. They are incredibly fun to watch at times. I tend to prefer European uh, football a little more. It's good. The problem with South American uh, soccer is they flop the worst of anyone in the world. South Central South America, it's like in 4781 is saying he hates Brazil, they flop more than LeBron. Yeah. It's them, <laughs> Argentina, Mexico, like South Central South Americans flop an insane amount. It's infuriating. It's part of why the why I'm getting somewhat invested in the US Mexico. Um, rather. It's part of why I'll probably never watch the Mexican soccer league. They're um you know the La league they Liga. have even though it's probably better than the MLS. Well, not, not probably it is better than the MLS in terms of soccer prowess. But it is insufferable to watch. <laughs> Europeans flop? Yeah, they do. But not nearly as bad. So it's it's hard to watch these these South American teams cuz they're they're so good. They're so good at soccer. But they are insufferable, and so it's, it's, it's hard to watch.
2: I know that turns off a lot of uh, casual or introductory fans uh, to soccer when you see that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, my gosh, looks like he just got, like, snipered. Like, somebody shot him on the field. He's rolling around in pain. Like, oh, my gosh, get an ambulance. And all of a sudden he pops up, and he's running around, and, you know, he's involved in the next play. It's like, well, wait a minute, what – I thought that he, like, broke his leg the way he was acting.
3: Yeah, it's... No, he's just... That's just it. He's acting. It's it's infuriating. There's a handful of reforms that you could probably add to the rule book that would slow that down a little bit, but they won't get implemented because nobody really cares. Nobody in the soccer community really cares about stopping flopping. The referees just have to be good enough to spot it and not care. Which, to and I've said this several times, I don't know if I said it on radio, but soccer referees... Of, of all the different sports they're the best referees like I it's not too often I raise an eyebrow at a referee call in, in soccer where it's just like yeah they, they do a really good job well um, they have one of the
2: hardest jobs because they are the only one out there making most yeah. I mean the vast majority of all the calls
3: yeah luckily soccer's a lot more of a simple sport in terms of what the referee is looking for in their job um, obviously I don't mean to say soccer is a simple sport but the referees' job. Is fairly straightforward. Um, the rule book in soccer is very small; it's like a pamphlet. Uh, it's not a book. Whereas when I got my high school basketball, uh, so, uh, high school basketball rules, it came in three volumes. <laughs> so that that tells you a little bit about where basketball is. Basketball is easily the hardest refereeing. It is stupidly hard, which is part of why basketball refs are the worst because they have the hardest job. They have to watch seven different things at the same time. And they're, you, know, you should probably just add another ref, honestly. But even still, there's obvious calls they miss. But yes. Again, soccer refs, people complain about the refs all the time in soccer. And I'm like, I thought I, thought I did a great job. But I, I tend to be more on the side of the refs because I've been a ref. And so I. You're sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah, you're sympathetic.
2: Uh, but you know what? With soccer, though, I mean, it is such a big field and only one person running around and trying to make the correct calls, uh, that, uh, I don't know, I think that there, there could be room for somebody else on the field to help out. But you know, how do you, there's one person in charge of one half of the field and one's on the other half, you know, that gets a little bit tricky. But Yeah,
3: well, I think the, the thing is that it's not broken, so we don't need to fix it. Yeah, that, that's true. That's mostly true. And, and they do a really good job. So and, and they have a system that allows them to cover most of the field and be able to call everything. Uh, 4781,
2: uh, Messi, probably the only person that never really flops. He does lately, but he used to ha- have to be dragged down to stop him. And Neymar is the biggest flopper in soccer.
3: Yeah, and see, there are some stars who won't flop as much. Um, they'll, and my favorite players are the ones who will fight through contact. And it's also why uh, women's soccer tends to be better, because they don't have the culture of flopping. They do it. All professional leagues do it, but women 's soccer is so much less flopping at least the u s national team i don 't know if the the South American trend to flop carries over to its women 's teams. I hope not, <laughs> but I know the men 's team certainly flop a lot more than the women 's team does yes, so yeah. it 's a lot more enjoyable soccer to watch uh, by
2: the way, before we take a time out, just an update uh, Santa Clara and Wyoming. Playing at Salt Lake Community College this afternoon. I don't know the story on this. I don't know why it was like an early afternoon game at Slick, but Santa Clara beating Wyoming in overtime and 89 to 85. Utah State beat Santa Clara earlier in the year, took care of Santa Clara. Um, and then uh, Wyoming will certainly be a future conference opponent, but Wyoming still missing a couple of key players. Well, one notable player who may not be back in time before conference play begins, but uh, Wyoming loses that one um, 89 to 85. So Wyoming is three and four on the year, a team that we thought was going to be up there to challenge for the Mountain West Conference title, not off to the best of starts right now. Santa Clara, six and two. One of their two losses come into the hands of Utah State. Santa Clara, before the game, they were a top 100 team in Ken Palm. Uh, Wyoming, not that far behind them. I think they were like 103. They're actually pretty close to each other. But uh, Santa Clara certainly will move up after the win.
3: Yeah, Santa Clara snuck, as said, snuck into the top 100. When the Aggies play them, I, mean, I think they were in the low 100s somewhere, maybe in the 100-teens. But, yeah, basically what I thought San Diego was going to do might be what Santa is doing because they're continually going up and looking pretty good. And obviously Wyoming, I, I've said this once before, they're going to be a team that, based on their you know, net ranking by the time those come out and by their Kempom, they're going to be underrated because they get Graham E.K. back. And maybe if the Aggies can face them once without E.K., that'll help. But they'll be a sneaky good opponent and a kind of a potentially poisonous loss because if they EK comes back, Wyoming will play like a top 100, top 70 almost in a net team. But they'll be ranked way lower mm, because of some true. of these early losses. So it can be a very dangerous thing in just crappy situation. Granted, it's not very fair for Wyoming, given their prospects have taken a huge hit because of this injury.
2: Yeah, I still am a little surprised that they've struggled as much as they've, they have because of that one injury. Because they have a deep roster, talented roster. So I'm a little surprised that they are, they're off to such a, a struggling start as much as they are. Uh, there's some other interesting games on the Mountain West schedule tonight. And uh, a future more future opponents for the Aggies will be um, playing tonight. So worth keeping an eye on and to see how they perform. We'll discuss that coming
0: up next here on the Full Court Press. It's back. Jerick's Fine Jewelry in Logan is having our annual Pick a Pearl event. If you've attended this in the past, you know how much fun we have. And if you haven't come before, you don't want to miss this exciting event. For only $10, pick your oyster, open it that day, or save it for that stocking stuffer surprise. Mark your calendar, Friday and Saturday, December 9th and 10th. Pick a Pearl at Jerick's Fine Jewelry. Look for the bright green cards. Make it special. Make
1: it Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that include stoves, bending, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com.
2: As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. This is Lance Zollinger, President at Cash Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call, let's work
0: together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Cycles and Sleds is hosting a huge three-day grand opening and snow show at their new location this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Stop by and see the brand-new showroom at 3475 North Highway 91 in Hyde Park. There will be big discounts on motocross gear and snow gear during the grand opening. The new location means better selection on gear and additional service bays. That's the Cycles and Sleds grand opening snow show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Find out more online at cyclesandsleds.com.
1: I'm Matt Neverett on the final edition of This Week in the Mountain West for the 2022 season. We'll preview the conference championship game matchup between Boise State and Fresno State with their play-by-play broadcasters Bob Beeler and Paul Effler, plus the announcement of regular season awards, all-conference teams, and plenty more. It's all here this week on the Mountain West Radio Network.
0: Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
1: This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here.
2: Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick, so instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, five star
0: review. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
2: Uh, the cold weather is definitely here, and it's more important than ever to keep your car in tip-top shape. Get your oil change at Valvoline. is oil change they are across from Angie's on Main Street in Logan, 695 North Main. Uh, somebody else who's trying to stay in tip-top shape is the Mountain West Conference. A uh, number of teams really starting off the this, this season um, undefeated, a number of them playing very well. Uh, one that's uh, certainly fallen below expectations is Wyoming, as we mentioned. Um, but um, you know, they—that's a little bit surprising um, how they've started. But um, you know, Santa Clara, a team that Utah State played and beat earlier, uh, ends up with the win. Um, and uh, Wyoming looks like they had some key. Contributors off the bench for them to help, but a turnover late cost them the game. And a uh, couple other games that are interesting tonight on the schedule. New Mexico, who's had an undefeated start of their season. They are at St. Mary's tonight. Uh, that's at 8 o'clock tip-off. Uh, and another interesting one, Loyola Marymount, who the Aggies will face in a, in a couple of weeks here in Las Vegas. They are at Colorado State so Colorado State's five and two, Loyola Marymount six and two. So a, a couple of interesting games to keep an eye on tonight. Saint Mary's is favored by nine and a half in their game against New Mexico. Uh, Colorado State is favored by
3: seven in their game against Loyola Marymount. Yeah, Colorado State—they're uh, something interesting because they're getting Isaiah Stevens back. Uh, I think he's—I think he's available for this game against Loyola. To this game or the next, he'll be on a minutes restriction. But this dude was expected to be out until, like, January. Yeah, that's surprising. And it'll really impact the Mountain West, not so much, um, It'll affect maybe a little bit in that Colorado State may have a higher NET and they'll play a little better non-conference, but he'll be rolling into form by the start of conference play. Instead of coming back, like, in the first few games, you know, maybe Colorado State's without him for a game or two in, in conference play, but then he comes back and then he'd be on a minutes restriction in the first few games of conference play. And then it takes to like halfway through conference play for him to be not just in, you know, game shape, but in, you know, good playing form, rolling his way into, you know, you know, getting rid of all the cobwebs and whatnot. So he's going to be ready by the time, you know, conference play rolls around and they're going to contend with the best of him. And it looked like Utah state was going to kind of, you know, Colorado State was looking like maybe one of the teams that was going to fight to be number two behind San Diego State, and then they kind of fell because of that injury. Well, now they're right back up there, right? They, they've been able to play pretty competitive without him
2: and uh, hang on until he's come back, and he's ahead of schedule. So watch out for Colorado State. Uh, by the way, uh, looked like Hunter Maldonado he did not play today for Wyoming, and so they were without Ek and Maldonado. That certainly didn't help as uh, they try to take on uh, Santa Clara team, who's playing
3: pretty solid basketball to start the year. Yeah, they are. I mean, outside of Utah State, they have one loss. I forget who that was, too. Um, haven't kept up with them as well since Utah State played them.
2: Their other loss was uh, versus
3: UCF. Okay. 57-50, yeah,
2: so close-ish game.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Wyoming, obviously, the fact they were to play Santa Clara that well. Without their two best players, like their entire offensive engine is Maldonado and, and EK. And it, it shows the depth of the team. And you know, we talk about Utah State's depth. In fact, Wyoming was able to do this without two of their best players, you know, already down EK. Uh, and then Maldonado is an inside outside threat. You know, it, it, it's huge for Wyoming. So as long as those two are able to come back, which may be a question. You know, if EK doesn't come back, if he's not quite the same, if Maldonado has some nagging injuries, it could really throw a huge wrench into Wyoming's season. I mean, it kind of already has. I don't think they expect it to be below 500 through seven games, if you asked them a couple months ago. But again, this could potentially be a team that, as I said, is a bit poisonous uh, because they'll have a bad NET ranking, but they could get hot, and they're a team that could steal a, a tournament bid. in the the conference tournament. So the Aggies play Wyoming on January
2: 10th, 8.30 tip-off. It's a late-night game in Logan. But Graham E.K., he might not be back when that game happens. Now, the next time they play Wyoming is in Laramie on February 21st. He should be back for that game. But there's some real question about whether he'd be involved Ready to go because Jeff Linder earlier this week was asked if Ek would be back in time for conference play, which for Wyoming begins on December 28th, and he was very doubtful and thought sometime in January is more likely, early January, mid January, late. We're not quite sure, but sometime in January. But the Aggies play them on January 10th.
3: Yes, that'll be something to keep an eye on as to when he if he will return at all. If he does return, he'd probably be on a minutes restriction um, for that early game. Um, or at best, he'll be in one of his first starts since coming back from the injury. And so he may still not quite be in form. But right. then again, his his game is kind of deliberately ugly and physical and whatnot. <laughs> so there's not much rounding into form that sometimes needs to happen with with his style of play.
2: Yeah, no, that's very true.
3: Uh, by the way, 4781, uh, this was earlier, soccer has to have
2: one uh, so that you don't have controversial calls. Uh, we're talking about referees, how many referees are on the floor or on the court um, or on the uh, the, uh, the, pitch, the pitch, as it were, <laughs> for soccer. Uh, soccer only has one. And so 4781 says soccer has to have one so you don't have controversial calls. You see it in basketball way too much.
3: And the thing is, in basketball, unless they've changed it, because when I was getting trained and uh, and this was years ago, but I would think they would have kept the system, because with basketball you have zones, and there's some nuance to it, because sometimes if a player who's driving to the basket is in your zone, it's your job to follow him, um, and keep an eye on him, even if he goes into somebody else's zone. Then there's actually overlap once they get to the basket, because then they're in somebody else's zone, but you're supposed to follow them, and you know a lot of times it's, you know it's looking for fouls, block charge, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to communicate. You know, If you both call something, then you huddle up and figure it out, go from there. But so many times, and it bugs the crap out of me. That's why I bring up the zones. You see there's a play on the other side of the, uh, of the court, and referee makes a call. It's like, that was not your guy. That's not your zone. Do not ever make that call because there's two referees closer to you. You do not make a call from all the way across the court. You leave it to somebody else because they had a better angle. And almost inevitably, I can't think of an instance where I've thought that wasn't your call, that I haven't also disagreed with the call. Because, like, that's not what it was. Like, it wasn't a foul, and you called it from way across the court. So if you're a referee and you think you see something from across the court, but there's a referee or two, you know, also there, don't make the call. Swallow your whistle. You were wrong. You're not a hero. You're not the best ref ever. You just didn't have the best angle. Because that's part of one of the reasons why I side with referees a lot. Is referees, a large percentage of the time, have the best angle. It's like if your parents sitting in the stands or on the sideline of a soccer game and you yell at a ref over an offside call, shut up. <laughs> you don't have the same angle. That referee is spending his entire focus Lining up with the last defender, watching for offside. That's literally all they're doing. So shut up. In basketball, again, it's iffy because sometimes you might have a better angle than the referee. But still, in basketball, you tend to have a better angle. So that's why when it's not your zone, when it's not your call, don't make it because you didn't have the best angle. So don't call it. There's my rant for the day. <laughs> all right. Uh, more. <laughs> it's got me coughing.
2: Uh, well, we got <laughs> more. It's a fiery take. Yeah, that's right. I can't breathe through all the smoke. Uh, we got more on that. i got a few more would-you-rather questions uh, to ponder. love to get your reactions to them as well. And uh, next hour we'll talk to the head coach of Utah Tech men's basketball team who are in town to take on the Aggies tomorrow night. He's a former Aggie and uh, get his thoughts about going up against his alma mater. That's coming up
0: next hour. Stick around here on the Full Court Press. This is Dustin with Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan. Whatever you do, don't forget to change the oil in your car. My team at Valvoline Instant Oil Change will get you in and out quickly. Stay in your car and relax, all while your car is being serviced by trained professionals. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main in Logan, across from Angie's.
1: Valvoline Instant Oil Change, service you can see, experts you can trust. Why do Santa and Mrs. Claus shop at Daryl's Appliance? It's easy. It's a Black Friday sale like no other. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. Save up to $800 on select Maytag, Whirlpool, GE, Beko, and Frigidaire appliances. Plus, you get their limited Black Friday pricing. Need financing? No problem. Get 12 to 18 month deferred interest financing. Don't forget our no risk warranty and the Daryl's difference, because service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, five on Saturday.
2: Several families who need help this holiday season have been nominated by trusted individuals. Some of them need winter clothes. Others would like toys or music. And others simply need basic necessities. The Cache Valley Media Group is sponsoring Cares for Christmas. Visit caresforchristmas.org to see what these families need. Then drop off your donations to 810 West, 200 North in Logan. Thank you for helping these deserving families. And thanks for caring this Christmas.
1: For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com.
3: Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you.
0: Alpine Home Medical, we bring
2: wellness
3: home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com.
0: This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
2: Hey, you guys really came through and helped out with the Cash Community Food Pantry for Thanksgiving. But the need is still there for Christmas and beyond. So if you drop by a donation, non-perishable food items. Uh, they, they can handle things like eggs. So if you got like some backyard chickens, they've got the facilities to handle that. Or even better yet, to drop off a, a cash donation, donate through their website, or make a donation through Venmo at cash-pantry for the Cash Community Food Pantry. So join us here at The Fan and all of us at the Cash Valley Media Group trying to make a difference with the Cash uh, Food Pantry uh, this holiday season. Uh, all right, so it's a would-you-rather Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. And let me throw another would-you-rather question at you. So the Aggies are going to go bowling, and – It seems like the Frisco Bowl is popping up more than any other, but there's still a possibility they go to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl or First Responder or somewhere else. But um, let me ask you this in this context. We're going to assume the Aggies go bowling, but we don't know the opponent. So would you rather go to a bowl game versus an excited G5 school who hasn't had much bowl experience... Or face a disappointed Power 5 school who had hopes to go somewhere on a bigger stage but ended up facing the Aggies. Um. So an excited G5 school who doesn't get to go bowling very much or a disappointed P5 school who had designs on going somewhere else and maybe had a down year.
3: Is this, like, for this year's bowl? Because I don't think they're going to face any disappointed P5 teams. If they go to the uh, first responder bowl, I
2: think there's a chance they could face a P5 school based on their bowl
3: tie-ins. Okay. Um. Y- usually you like to face the, the downtrodden P5 team because by then they've given up. They tend not to uh, get up for those smaller bowl games. Um, sometimes they can. Obviously, being a more talented team, they can still just beat you anyway. That may be the case for Utah State. The excited G5 teams, well, Utah State's lost to a lot of them. They gave up a a bowl to New Mexico State. It was like their first bowl appearance, I think, in like 50 years. (laughs) They gave the first-ever bowl win to Akron. Gave up the first-ever bowl win to Kent State. Utah State does not do well against teams. They get hyped up for their first bowl game in a while. Uh, Against maybe some P5 schools? Well, Utah State hasn't had the best record against P5 schools, but Blake Anderson's doing well against them. Did well against Oregon State last year in the bowl. So, maybe lean toward the the Power 5 school. But given they're probably going to end up in the Frisco or Potato Bowl, probably won't end up against one of those teams. Yeah,
2: my I'm with you. I think I'd rather face a P5 school no matter the circumstance. I think it's always exciting to be able to see what Utah State is compared to a Power 5 school, and any opportunity to pick up a win over a P5 school is always a good thing. But um, an excited G5 school can make it more of an interesting game, I think, for the game itself, for Utah State bragging rights. Yeah, you want to play and beat a P5 school. But for the game itself, for the bowl game, I think it makes for a more interesting game if it's a team that's really excited to be there. Um, And not to say that Utah State wouldn't be really excited to be there, considering the season that they've had. But um, I just think it would make for a more interesting and more compelling single game in and of itself.
3: Yeah, story-wise, it does work better for G five because there can be a lot of story and there can be a lot of excitement between G five programs. It's you know the group of five conferences are the hidden gem of college uh, college sports, whereas most people are paying attention to the playoffs and whatnot. But there is a lot of you know great football, great basketball, whatever sport being played among these non-major conferences. So I can agree with you there. But for the p- the potential of Utah State winning, you might want to go with the less interested power five school. It's disappointed that they ended up in a random bowl in the middle of Texas.
2: Yeah, very true. Okay,
3: a couple of your texts coming through on our full court press text
2: line. If you want to weigh in, love to hear from you. 435-339-0321. 6294 texting in. When speaking of who you would want to face in a bowl game or who might win, it seems like much of it always comes down to who wants to be there more, and that's who ends up uh, winning.
3: Yeah, I mean in twenty nineteen when Utah State um, you know, they went what, seven and five, felt like an incredibly disappointing season. It began with the media or the, the media relations team handing out a bunch of, you know, love for Heisman stuff. Yes. And it ended with a bull loss to Kent State. Um and well I mean and going seven and five before even going to the bowl. So it felt like Kent State, who again hadn't ever had a bull win, they were really wanting to be there. They way outperformed the Aggies and over even though Utah State was probably a better team in a lot of ways. At least had some better star players. But, you know, certainly they had a first-round pick as a quarterback. Yeah. And still some pretty good wide receivers. They had Caleb Repp and C.O.C. Mariner on that team. Granted, the offense wasn't the problem in that bowl game. It was the defense.
2: Yeah, it was. they let that opposing quarterback just run all over them.
3: Yeah. So, it is about more who wants it. And Utah State last year going to the L.A. Bowl – they really wanted that. They were high as a kite that season, in a and good that way. Was, and and, and or- it's uh, I don't think we can
2: have, uh, apply my would you rather question to Oregon State because they were a team that was on the rebound. They or they were making, not really rebound, but uh, a building program where they had been a downtrodden program for many years, and they had just gotten back to getting to bowl games. And for them, that was a big accomplishment to get to a bowl game. Uh, Not just any bowl game, but a notable one in Los Angeles in a big, beautiful stadium. So it was a big deal for Oregon State to get to a bowl game, too. It wasn't a letdown for them. It was an exciting thing for them. But Utah State's turnaround was just magical, and the the hype and excitement behind the Aggies was just, I mean, it was next level.
3: Yeah, I guess Oregon State really did take it seriously because after they lost that bowl, they demolished their stadium. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but they used that
2: as a springboard to a great season that they've had this year yeah um and they've flirted with the top 25 a couple different times this season
3: yes they, they they've been pretty good and so for utah state they could be the excited power five or excited a g5 team because you know they've been the disappointed team a couple of times but here's like yeah they're excited as heck to go to a bowl game and still have unfinished business um, and most likely they're going to be facing a team that will probably be in a similar boat where I don't know if they're going to end up facing one of these disappointed power five schools that's their season's basically done to them. Some of their star players may be skipping out to go into the NFL draft, whereas Utah State's typically not going to encounter that scenario. Um, so we'll see. Utah State certainly has a good chance of winning this bowl, I think mainly because they'll have the motivation to really want to win. But obviously you still got to execute and play and beat the guys in front of you. It's not all about motivation and mind games. No,
2: that's true. Uh, more of your texts coming through. We'll get to those. We're going to take another time out here on the Full Court Press.
1: When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options in the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2000. 2006.
0: Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather.
1: You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May and for a limited time get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals only $114. Don't wait. $99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al All sporting goods for season ski rentals, every sport, every season. The
2: Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center,
3: just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young.
1: We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items
0: from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. Interviews, analysis and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Napa Auto Parts
2: sponsors the Dan Patrick Above the Noise segment coming up here in a couple of minutes. Make sure you stop by and pick up a 50-pound bag of ice melt for only $10 a bag. Get ice scrapers, snow brushes, fuel line antifreeze, windshield de-icer. All at Napa Auto Parts, there's five different locations between Preston and Providence. So, again, getting to the full-court press text line, 435-339-0321. 5879 texting in. Did you guys see that John Gentry is going into the transfer portal? Uh, Yes, I saw that was uh, yesterday that he announced that. Um, kind of followed the standard transfer portal script uh, in making his announcement, but uh,
3: that being said, God's plan. Thanks to my former coaches,
2: always a uh,
3: insert mascot.
2: Yes, but yes, he did uh, announce that he is entering the transfer portal, which you can't really officially do until I think it's later this weekend. Nonetheless, you're seeing a lot of players take to social media announcing their intentions to tr- to has to be the portal. new because
3: my Twitter feed is chock full of transfer stuff. And it's like it does get annoying because I'm someone who kind of one of my pet peeves is those kind of repeated cliche, completely ununique type things. This is like be a little more creative, man. <laughs> Put and some don't thought into and it. And also don't be so full of yourself. Cause some of them you can tell. Yeah. And I have a certain dislike of certain trends of... Because it's also PR speak. That's what it is. Very much so. And I have a um, growing pet peeve of PR speak because I have to read it so much and it's <laughs> annoying because you know it's completely disingenuous I, with with the- I'm Paul Paps
1: from the Dan Patrick show and this is above the noise the Boston Celtics came into the season as the favorite to take home the NBA title but after a disastrous and mysterious separation from Emi the Celtics title chances seem to be in jeopardy but apparently no one told Boston that the Celtics are 17 and 4 and the team's two young stars have started to grow into their own Jason Tatum currently is one of the favorites for MVP Jalen Brown has taken a major jump and essentially is a big part of the team as he always wanted to be Brown is shooting a career high from the line lighting up from mid range and over his past 10 games Brown has averaged over 26 points per game. Throughout the offseason, Brown was constantly involved in trade
2: talks for disgruntled Nets star Kevin Durant. But with everything we've seen from Boston and the former number three pick
1: overall this year, Celtics' decision to stick with Brown has looked like an excellent decision for the franchise moving forward. I'm Paul Paps from The Dan Patrick Show, and this is Above the Noise.